0: Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service
1: at this time. Am I the only one who thinks this is totally insane? Rob, we're fighting theological injustice here.
2: They're not using just weights and measures.
1: He said we have 50 listeners. I think he's being generous. Rage your Bible is interpreted by experts.
2: Rob, are you as shocked as I am? It's nonsense. If you've given any money to this, you need to complain. You ask for your money back. I don't know
1: about you, but I find this annoying. What up and shalom? Welcome to the Robin Caleb Show. The show where theology matters, scholarship counts, and theology matters. My name is Caleb Heg. With me, of course,
2: a Rob Van Huff. What
1: up, Rob? How's it going, brother?
2: That's professor to you, my friend.
1: <laughs> yes. Look. Not look, really. No. no, no. For, for, for those of you who are, are, are listening via audio only and not seeing it, Rob and I have something new that we're uh, sporting here. Both of us are sporting new uh, hoodies. Uh, brought to you by YeshuaShirts.com. That's right. It says Yeshua on it. Mine is cranberry red. And uh, and
2: Rob's, of course, is... Sea uh, blue. Sea blue. But we've determined that yours is blood moon red. Yes. And mine is new moon blue. Yes. Can
1: you bring your audio up at all?
2: Up? Up? Sure. Or I could just talk louder. Yeah,
1: bring your audio up. Okay. Uh, so... Uh yeah, uh, and not only that, but uh, you know you're gonna just start. Maybe you'll start seeing some product placement on the Robin Caleb show here.
2: Uh, you think so? That coffee sure does taste good out of my Yeshua shirts. Does coffee your mug. Does your Yeshua shirts coffee taste as good as my Yeshua shirts water? Um, possibly.
1: Uh, so, the Robin Caleb show is brought to you by TorahResource.com, and today it is also brought to you by. Yeshua Shirts, start a conversation. And if you uh, would like to go to uh Torah resource, you can also find uh, find all sorts of wonderful free products and free audio and all, for all sorts of free stuff. We're doing a lot of things to the website right now, actually, which is exciting, including uh, changing some things on the Robin Caleb Show page. And this is cool. We just figured out how to make it so that our Vimeo Uh, channel the robin caleb show vimeo channel you can actually watch the latest show now from the robin caleb show page on torresource.com and it's an automatic play so if you press start once it gets to the end it'll start last week's and then it'll start the weeks before and it'll just keep going
2: wow time travel
1: you could just have you know the robin caleb show basically on a loop in your house, can you do it the, the other way?
2: Can you start old and it'll go new? Or I don't think time? so. I don't think so. We need to have it be able to like. Why are you screwing travel. me up here, Rob? Come on, man. We need to be able to travel both both ways <laughs> in that timeline. Uh, of course, at our programming, oh,
1: you, you, you you outdid me, Caleb. I did, yes. Of course, at our uh, programming, uh, our programming desk today is Gary Springer, as always, and uh, he's also r- running our chat room. We'd like to say what up and shalom to everybody in the chat room, and uh, thanks. We got a good crowd in there today. Some people I've never seen before. Which is, Asher uh, made a good
2: point, Caleb, about your pronunciation. Uh-oh. Shalom. Shalom. Uh, with a with a, with a, with a Shalom. Mm-hmm. Now if you were if it was bismichut, if it was in construct, you'd say Shalom. Shalom cha. Okay. Shalom yeah. Shlomchem. Shalom Yerushalayim. Shalom. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention, but that that was uh Asher's comment. And so thank you, Asher, for keeping us honest there on our pronunciation
1: yeah this is this is uh this is this is what happens when uh the chat room knows hebrew uh you know better than i do yeah okay um man we've got a lot a lot of stuff going on today uh first of all if you want to make comments uh and you can't make it into the uh chat room live then too you can, bad. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You can make comments by emailing us cagatorresource or you can uh, call our comment line. That's the best way to do it. Leave us a message. Dial in, baby. Yeah, 253-465-3205. four six five thirty two zero five. I'll give it to you again. Get your pen and paper ready. Here it is: two five three four 253-465-3205. Tell us what you like, what you hate. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um. So I, you know, we've we've really had an overwhelming amount of uh, emails start to come in, which has been great. I got to say, I hope it keeps up. I hope that people continue to, to call or call our hotline and, and, uh, and write us emails and all that kind of good stuff, because it really does help, uh, fuel the show. And, you know, uh, what a month and a half ago, you know, we'd have a couple of really small little things to talk about, and then we'd have one big thing and we're trying to keep that format. However, we're kind of, uh, letting the, the, the listeners fuel the show now and, uh, And because of that, we tend to have several larger things to fill up time, which means that we might not get to it all, which is also okay. And uh, if all of this keeps up for long enough, Rob and I were talking, we might actually have to go to two a week. Never can tell. What? Who really wants to listen to us two times a week? And, Uh, And we would run out of things to talk about. Well, you think that. You think that. But with people writing in so much. Who knows? Uh, let's all give. Uh, well, hang on just a sec. First of all, let me uh, let me. I'm sorry, people here. Let's uh, let's all give uh, uh, Rob Van Hoff a, a nice round of applause. <laughs> Rob Van Hoff uh, okay. just got his paper for uh, the Ma- the International Masoretic Studies uh, Conference in Jerusalem, Israel, accepted. And so next what? And what? So next August. Uh, uh, Mr. Van Hoff will be uh, will be flying out Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat God's Hashem, with God's help. He will be flying out to Jerusalem to present a paper in front of the world's leading Masoretic scholars. He will be uh, openly criticizing them in his paper, which uh, I, I uh, you know I I think that okay, somebody I think on. I think somebody should go
2: and videotape that, yeah, that lecture. That. I think somebody needs to go videotape it. Who, who... I might need Caleb to. We might need to to do a Robin Caleb show live from, from Jerusalem. live from Jerusalem. Okay, How cool would let's that pray? be? pray. Wh- yeah. You guys pray for us. If you'd like to send money, <laughs> August,
1: this you can donate August. on TorahResource.com dot <laughs> com to get us over to Jerusalem. No, I I I doubt uh, fully uh, that my wife would let me go without her. Uh, so uh, yeah, if the Lord's gonna take me over there. Uh, we we need a lot more a lot more plane tickets yeah
0: uh but so, i'm excited i'm
1: excited
2: for you i've been there before and you haven't and i've never been this is the it, the international organization for masoretic studies ioms and it is um i actually you know this it's in conjunction with the 17th world congress of jewish studies yeah yeah um wow so this is very exciting i'm feeling kind of nervous uh not because of what the content just the nervous of the fact that Dotan's gonna be in the room these are these are uh, it's intimidating yeah i feel a little bit intimidated i feel very intimidated not uh not because i'm uncertain of what I want to talk about, but because I'm, of, I'm not gonna the lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think that's healthy though. Yeah. Well, and these guys, these are guys I've uh, learned from, you know, many of them I've never met, but I've read their, what are their, the their dates? The dates of what? Of the conference in Jerusalem. Oh, it's, it's uh, August, the one day it's, it's Sunday, August 6th, I think is the day that I would be speaking. I, I so so
1: this is, this is plenty of time before family camp. So those who are worried in the chat room about uh, Rob being away for family camp, don't worry; he'll be around. And uh, and how are you going to try to spend some extra time in Jerusalem, or what?
2: You know what? This might just be a there and back kind of thing. Don't know. so
1: just a, a couple of days.
2: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of prayer, a lot of you know, planning has to go into this and seeing how it fits with other things and uh oh, you, know, you should so you should spend at least a, everybody's prayers on you that. should
1: spend at least a day in in uh in in Jerusalem going around and and seeing some some fun stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so it but probably not a too long of a stay.
1: Um so um I will say this uh, we, I got a private message from the chat room someone in the chat room Um, for those wondering about the Yeshua shirt hoodies, they run very small. I wear an extra large comfortably in anything else. This extra, this hoodie is an extra large and it is, it's, it's tight. It's getting, I'm almost too big for it. Now, luckily for those, you might not be able to tell on the video, but, uh, I actually have a new office chair here. And what you can't see is that this is actually a bicycle what so, yeah so i'm going to start working out shedding the pounds at my desk while during the robin Caleb show actually uh, somebody made I, michael i think it was made the comment the other day maybe it was maybe it was my dad i forget that uh, i should i should do one show in full workout gear while pedaling the whole time
2: they say sitting is the new smoking my <laughs> wife told me that there but, you go you know what i mean like sitting is you got to get up and move around yeah yeah yeah, Michael said it. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, this has been fun. Let's move on. Um, so, I got we got a message from this guy named Jeffrey, a very nice guy, Christian guy. Um, he, he was he was uh, touching on what I thought was two house theology. Uh, it, it's it's a, his. <laughs> I don't even know how to discuss this. His theology seems to be I don't want to put him down but his the, the theology that he's he seems to be championing championing right now is kind of a quasi two-house supersessionism. Basically what he's preached at the church he attends now is that uh Judah and Israel split obviously in the Babylonian exile. Judah came back, Israel did not, I believe is what he's saying. And uh Israel got dispersed to uh the, to the nations. Got lost, which is a very prevalent view among well a lot of people i I disagree with that, but anyway, not the point um, well there's a lot okay, go ahead and finish, but there's other stuff yeah anyway so uh what he's what he's been preaching <clears throat> i'm 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 writing personal messages with him now back and forth, just kind of hashing out exactly what he believes, why I might disagree with it, but what he believes is that uh that that the the lost tribes of israel the northern tribes. Actually came together and uh, and formed the nation of of the United States of America, and so what he is uh, what he's promoting is that uh, is that the prophecies of Israel in the end times is actually prophecies for America. Um, I, I think that everyone would assume who listens to this show on a regular basis that I flat out reject this. Uh, I, I to be honest with you, I think it's it's. Uh, well, okay. Anyway, not the point. Um. So, uh, I started listening to his to his sermon that he gave a week and a half ago. By the way, I try to put this in your show notes. It's the one broken link in your show notes. If you'd like to listen to this, not a problem. Uh, I can fi- I can give it to you. I'll probably put a, a link in next week's uh, show notes. Um. Anyway. So one of the things that uh, he said is is something that we've covered many times we cover it often actually and and uh, but I thought it would be good just to kind of cover it quickly so that people who are new to the show because it does seem as though we've had a little bit of uh, influx of new listeners to the Robin Caleb show and we thank every single one of those new listeners but if you are a new listener we wanted to kind of give you an idea of where we stand on some of these things. Um, Rob and I hold to what is called one Torah theology or one law theology. That means that we believe that the Torah uh, is God's way of sanctification, not just for Jews, but also for Gentile believers as well, and that it applies today. And so uh, he covers in this two-minute and 11-second clip, this is not his topic in what he's preaching, uh, but he he covers a lot of space in this one clip. And I, and I thought it would be good for us just to kind of address some of these points so that people who are new to the show might get a better understanding and so the people who have been listening for a long time can kind of bone up on on the Robin Caleb show theology handbook, as it were. Uh, there's not really a which handbook. is only
2: it's it's solely orally transmitted right now.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, and by the way, people have started
2: referencing the Robin Caleb Talmud
1: uh, in their emails <laughs> well, to me. The,
2: who was it? Uh, there's the the Takomi. Is the the is ticomi, yes. tradition and the Spokani.
1: The yeah, the Spokani and the Takomi, uh, two versions. Yeah, uh,
2: <laughs> if we
1: write it down, then it'll really become and then law. There's, huh?
2: And then there's even <laughs> there's even variations within the Spokani tradition <laughs> and variations within the Takomi. Tico- the co- yes, Takomi, and, and and some of those traditions have influenced one another through um, crossover. There's been Cross, in, cross uh pollination there so yeah yeah did uh, um okay so. yeah go ahead i uh, so we've, we've hit rob and the caleb Wood. we've
1: <laughs> nice we've hit a new milestone rob i i don't know if you'd know this but uh we caleb we, law. <laughs> we just hit we just hit the a new milestone and that is the most people we have ever had in a chat room <laughs> at one time Congratulations! Is that a special blessing for everybody? That's for everybody in the chat room right now. There you go.
2: Twenty is the number of, uh, uh, you know, you've got 10, 10 uh, toes and ten fingers. Well, we got eighteen in there
1: right. We got eighteen in there right now, not including us. So that's a lot for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm telling you, that's like over half of the thirty-six.
2: Lois says one time she thought there was twenty-three.
1: I don't believe that,
2: but I don't know. I I don't know.
1: Great. All right. Well. Okay, Good to so see everybody today. Should, should we? Uh, uh, so I is this a rundown? It's kind of a rundown, isn't it? Oh, uh, see, show rundown. Here we go. Let's listen to what this guy has to say.
3: So, I kind of got an idea that this is probably some type of a, a Hebrew roots movement.
1: Okay, I should back. I should let's go back for just a second. He's talking about me discussing Hebrew roots. Uh, well, he's talking about me discussing two-house theology on one of our shows, and this was the show. I don't have a number for you. I apologize, uh, but I can look real quick and find it in my uh, in my handy-dandy database of our shows. Uh, this is when we were talking about the Way documentary, and I was discussing how most of the Hebrew roots uh, believe in Um, I believe in two-house theology Uh, let's see here the way Uh, this was show 134 okay so here you go and and so he's now he he starts out by talking about the way documentary and he thinks that this is what you know this is what's fueling my conversation
3: so i kind of got an idea that this is probably some type of a a hebrew roots movement or a, a sacred name movement where where you know we're all israelites and so all the laws that apply to israel apply to us um that uh you know if we're if we're to follow all of god's commandments that that you know all these things apply to us and I'm guessing some things can't because, you know, we wouldn't be, we doing uh, animal sacrifices.
1: Okay, hang on. I want to stop right here for a few seconds. Now, I will give this gentleman, Jeffrey, uh, credit where credit is due because he wrote me and he said, hey, look, you know, uh, honestly, I, because I brought some things up to him in an email and, and he said, you know, look, honestly, uh, we can have this conversation some other times. I, I, I think that if somebody wants to keep the commandments of God, and it brings them closer to God that's great, anything that brings a person closer to God. However, I, that's not really the point in, in playing this. This is more to, to show our some of our listeners our view of one Torah theology. So he brings up uh, sacrifices. This is actually interesting um, because uh, I've kind of been uh, in my mind going through what, what was the thought pattern of people during the exile to Babylon? <clears throat> Did people think that Daniel was – uh, you know, that he was exempt from keeping animal sacrifices.
2: What do you think, Rob? What do you mean? Did, did, do you mean like time travel back to
1: yeah, so we're, we're,
2: the, uh, yeah, the
1: exile? So, yeah, so we're in Babylon now and we're saying, oh man, we're trying to keep as much I mean, did they say, well, there's no temple, so we don't need to keep the festivals or the Sabbath. Uh, we don't need oh, to keep right. kosher. We don't, you know, and sacrifice can't be done. So it's totally done away with. Is that what they thought?
2: No, they didn't think that. They thought that they were that they were experiencing what Daniel says in chapter 9, the curse of the law of Moses for disobedience. And, and, and don't desire, you think— the desire was—well, uh, Daniel 9 is clear—repentance for sin of— of the fathers and for his generation for himself do you think that and do, a desire to return to the ways of god do you think that that, that uh, the current
1: lack of temple and uh, inability to perform sacrifices
2: is some form of a curse against the jewish people i think i think it's a judgment. it's god's judgment
1: for, i do yeshua, too
2: yeshua said not one stone will be left on another
1: i think i think it's a judgment you know? for rejecting I mean, the messiah yeshua Anyway, well, the, the, yeah. So, so, I. So uh, first of all, I think we will sacrifice again. I think that the Ezekiel uh, passages of a uh, future temple, a third temple that hasn't been built yet. I don't take that as allegory. I take that as, as uh, real. Uh, we see it again in Zechariah. Zechariah fourteen. All the nations go up to uh, to celebrate Sukkot. Uh, I bring this up a lot. When Egypt, when Egypt doesn't go up, uh, they are threatened with a plague. And what is some of the main functions of of uh, uh, Sukkot in the temple? Sacrifices. Uh, let's keep going with uh, with Jeffrey's uh, comments here. I've lost my mouse.
2: Get a cat. Here
1: we go.
3: All these things apply to us, and I'm guessing some things can't because you know we wouldn't be we doing uh, animal sacrifices.
1: I do want to say he's right. We can't right now do animal sacrifices, so therefore we aren't.
3: And and, you know, and, I, and I got to thinking of that, and I got a little bit sad. And it's not that I disagree with any of that as far as, like, if you feel that, you know, that is a way for you to show honor and glory to God, right, I think there could be some blessing in that, right?
1: Okay, so this is an interesting— There
2: could be some—it's ble- kind of—
1: well, well, Non-committal.
3: Well, actually, the thing that
1: I noticed the most about this statement is that it's that we find something. The way that I see the Torah is that God has given us something.
2: He's given oh, us a oh, gift. Good, good point, Caleb. He's orient. His language kind of betrays this idea that whatever feels good to you,
1: in terms of doing Torah, yeah, is that yeah. Yeah, but uh, but I, I see it as God's given us a, a gift and that gif- gift is being sanctified unto himself after justified. We are seen as the elect and we are seen as the elect through the sanctification of God.
3: Because the the feast days were all about Jesus. Right. He's right. So I think there could be some blessing, at least studying it. And, and and if you think that is a way to honor God is to do those things, fine. Um, the, the danger is, is that why are we trying to, to give ourselves works to do.
1: Okay, now we're not giving ourselves works to do, right? God gave us uh, works to do, and I think wow, that the, the interesting. To- I, you know, I think interesting that, choice of words on his point. The apostolic scriptures, the <laughs> apostolic scriptures are very clear about uh, mm-hmm. that. You know, uh, <laughs> about works. The book of James, I think, is very difficult yes. for a lot of Christians. Um, you know, works are something that uh, that that we do because we love God. They don't justify us.
2: Well, Yeshua said too in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, "They will see your good works, and they will glorify your Father who is in heaven." Without works, how the salt is going to lose its saltiness? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He says, "What and what good is it? What good is salt that loses its saltiness? It's got to have it." And, and and like you quote the Epistle of Yaakov for James, same point. When Paul's talking about works of the law, he's not talking about commandments from the Torah. He's talking about the list of of, uh, community rules that different Jewish groups had kind of wrapped themselves in to to define who they were in over against other Jews that were not part of their group. Yeah. And so that's, and and they said, you know, if you're going to be part of our group, you need to have, you know, you need to do these works of the law, these works of the Torah, and then you will be reckoned by us, among us, as righteous. And unless you do those, you're not going to be reckoned by us as righteous. Paul's undercutting that that sectarian type of agenda all, all in one swoop, saying you need to worry about who God reckons as righteous, not about these different Jewish groups that are very, uh, that are, you know, peddling their versions of the Torah of Moses or in terms of how to practice it and how to do it. But the commandments of God were never like this idea that, oh, well, that commandment is done away or something like that. that so, yeah, th- this guy, um, he's in front of people. He's trying to get them to think, but he still has some a discernment to develop along well, the I, okay, theological, let's... Uh, you know, in terms of ownership of the Bible as a text and to be able to talk about it intelligently, as a whole and in, and in detail, he has some growth. to. Well, OK, to, but hang
1: on. Let's give him credit where credit is due. There's very, very good scholars that are going to say the same thing that he's saying.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: well. know, so I mean, OK, anyway, let's keep going because I want to I want to finish this clip.
3: It, we, we've been set free from all of that.
1: OK, this is this is a, I, I'm sorry to stop so quickly, but this is a great question to ask anyone who's listening. What have we been set free from? Have we been set free from the obligation to become sanctified? Once no. justified,
2: yeah, exactly. So Romans 8, baby. I, Romans agree, 8, agreed, right agreed. At the, the, the basic sentence is the law has freed you from the law. Yeah. Romans 8, verse 2. The law has freed you from the law. What? The law of the, of the spirit of life in Messiah Yeshua has freed you from the law of sin and death. There's, the law has freed you from the law. The law. We are freed from condemnation because of yes. sin. Yes, and there it because is. The Torah, the Torah points to our sin. The Torah, the Torah points to your sin. By the by, the Torah is the knowledge of sin. Yeah, and you are, and we are enslaved. If you're a slave to sin, you need you need freedom, and you're only going to get freedom from that. We know Gospel of John gets into this only by the Son, only by being found in Yeshua who is the law of the spirit of life. Why? Perfectly obedient. Yeah. So the Torah gives him, the Torah testifies that there is no sin in Yeshua and that there is no grounds for death to hold him. He has eternal life. He Mm. has life. Yeah. And those who are in him share in that life.
1: Yeah, I agree with Jeffrey that we're set free. But what we're set free from, I think we disagree on. We're set free from the condemnation of the law.
2: John, t- John I, you know, tells I think, us. I think this guy would agree with you. He just hasn't thought in that. He hasn't, he's not going granular enough. Yeah, he's, yeah. Still, he's stuck in some of these bigger concepts. John tells us
1: that, that the Torah is not a burden. Right? Okay, let's keep going with what Jeffrey okay, has okay. to say here.
3: And the thought came to me is that this is the result of an empty, vapid church in this country right, that the country is a mile wide and an inch deep, and people are seeking some type of authenticity, some type of borders, right, because right now in the church, we're breaking down all the borders. You want to live together before you get married? Okay. You want to marry somebody of the same gender? Fine.
2: Okay, but, th- but this so is- So wait an- a minute. Okay, so it's good. He's, he recognizes that the has <laughs> to have borders, Yes. But where, did the, where did the borders that he wants to promote come from? Yeah, are, they exactly. are they man-made borders or are they God-made borders? So it sounds like he's on the right track there. He's saying God's people need to have borders, right? He's affirming that. But he seems to be—but then he's saying, but the borders God provides, we're free from those. So, so if I just take him from those two statements, I have, to, I have to go, well, then he must propose that the church has the ability to make new sets of borders that are somehow God-ordained.
1: Yes, the, yes. There's a standard. Well, and he he gives two of his standards, right? The church allows people to to uh, to live together before they're married. The church is now allowing you know homosexual but ag- relationships, but he's, but but it it he's against like
2: he's, it. He's against those, but on what grounds? Yeah, exactly. If the Torah is done away with, them, then by another man-made set of borders. So we have man-made border versus man-made border, and he's just siding with this more you know stringent group than this. At what point? Does he need to build on the rock of the Word of God? That's what I guess I haven't heard enough to know. What does he, does he try to do that?
1: Yeah, okay, let's keep going.
3: We're going to approve everything because God is love, and that is false, and that is fake, and it is empty, and there's nothing there. He's, get, nothing he's right, there, brothers and sisters, and, it, and it's not to sit there and say that you can't, you know make mistakes in your life i'm sure all of us have but it's like god has called us to something Pretty higher sure. and now there are people out there putting chains back on themselves because they're seeking something authentic and
1: well this is another thing once again going back to so, t- so, t- t- so, romans 8 2 that we're set the free being,
2: through this, the, Torah. the idea of being in chains mm-hmm. and the idea of being in slavery clearly throughout the bible is going to refer to sin right that you're a bondage to sin or literally bondage, like in under Pharaoh, like Israel in bondage to slavery under Pharaoh. Well, that, that that's
1: that's actually interesting that you bring up. The, the, I'm one hundred percent convinced that the Exodus is a, is a clear prophetic uh, uh, example of each individual's uh, uh, justification and sanctification walk uh, with the Messiah. But if you look at Israel as the example. They're brought out of slavery to, to Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm of God, brought through the water, right, the baptism of the nation, brought through the water. Then what happens? God gives them a bunch of laws. He brings them to Sinai, and he here, gives them—
2: Here are the boundaries that I want you to have. Yeah, so are
1: they enslaved again? Yes, and they they're to slaves to holiness. Christ.
2: They have... Here are the boundaries that I want you to have. They have to do with holiness and purity versus impurity— they have to do with what is required for my presence to dwell among you because I am your Elohim and you are my people.
1: Done. Yeah, I agree. I think Ooh. we we got uh, 20 seconds left of this. Let's take a listen. It
3: would be really sad for the state of the church.
1: Right. I, I, well, I agree with him on, on that. I think that, that uh, for the most part the, the church in America at least is, is, uh, is having some struggles. Not all. There are some great churches out there, great brothers and sisters in the Lord, um, you know, I, I, I know many of them, and I'm happy for the churches that are doing well. Um, but there are a lot of churches in our, in our nation that are, in the nation of America at least, that are having some major, major difficulties.
3: So, you know, as I'm looking at that and I'm considering these things, and I'm really kind of trying to pray out, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I talked to Steve about this. I'm like, sh- should we be giving up bacon?
1: There it is. And the answer is yes. You should be giving up bacon. You're a believer in the Messiah. The Messiah has given you clear rules. One of those rules is that uh, you should eat a, a diet that uh, God has ordained. And not he because gets, it's. the answer? Does no. He... No, he kind of oh. pokes fun. <laughs> <And>
3: then, <laughs> so, you know, right now, that's, a, that's a kind of a big deal, right?
1: You know, of course, everybody in the. But let's pause there. Wait a minute. Okay. Everybody in the, everybody in the pews think it's, thinks it's a big joke. But God calls it an abomination. I don't wow, think that's a wow, joke.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. The chat where, room group where, think. <laughs> where is Yerat Adonai? Where is the fear of the Lord in that moment? They does honest... anyone? Does anyone, when they hear that, does anyone fear God? I mean, even even if they're gonna, it, even if ultimately they're gonna think about it for a couple minutes and then say, "Oh, it's done away." Do they ever pause and go? hmm maybe i need to change maybe the bible is constant and i need to change did anybody there do that did anybody laugh and then go uh wait a minute i hope so i hope some of the people that were there that giggled at first and looked at other people like wait a minute we're laughing at the word of god shouldn't that uh should that concern us a little anyway beef bacon people it's not hard to give up pork bacon I think I think people just eat beef bacon. But you know what? I'm glad he asked the question. Yeah. Now, in in each of their souls, that question is resonating out and they've been asked the question and then then they have the Bibles. So there's no excuse now. You know, they can't just slough it off and laugh and say, of course not. Those who are really invested in their discipleship are going to have to dig deeper on that.
1: Well, and, and once again, I got to give Jeff some uh, some some credit here where credit is due. Even though you know uh, he he admitted, okay, well, if people want to do that, you know, I I think it's good for people to to try to get closer to God. It seems like at least he's open to the conversation. There's a lot of uh, and there's a lot of great scholars that uh, that you know we as believers. Uh, have have utilized in our own walk in our own faith who have translated Bibles or have brought forth and found manuscripts that have been uh, uh, great joys to us believers and they they would agree that uh, no of course you don't need to uh, to to give up bacon you know I, I know I have sat at breakfast with people who uh, have bacon on their plate and I still call them a brother in the Lord. Um, everybody's on the uh, on a different walk of sanctification and uh I certainly don't think that I'm above uh anyone i i think I think when I get to the pearly white gates that uh my ticket will will be in the nosebleeds I'll be in the back row so uh I'll have to see I'll see the screen as as the little you know like the huge screen from really far away. I won't even be able to see the stage anyway okay um let's move on that. That took us thirty-three minutes to get through. Ah, <laughs> uh, how we can talk.
2: Okay, well, oh. can I share? I I did watch because I remember interacting with him. Is Jeffrey? Did you say? Yep. Um, and I watched some of the stuff that that his colleagues preach, and I watched a I think it was a two or three part video where they were saying that Donald Trump is the man child that was yep. going to be born in Revelation, that Barack Obama is the man of perdition. And that they said that 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 I think they said that Donald Trump was going to be assassinated, assassinated. And I mean, and they kept but they they would get into detail and then they'd back off and say, you know, we're just speculating. We don't know. Hang on just a sec. And then they would get back into gear again.
1: I want to address what is something someone in the chat room. Okay, so someone in the chat room says, uh, "I'm not so sure," and that's to I, I believe that was in reference to my comment about uh, you know my uh, I have brothers in the Lord that uh, that might sit and eat bacon in front of me, and I believe this person was responding to that and said, "I'm not so sure. We need to talk of Torah observance as a superior path, not a self righteous one, but the truly God ordained one." Some reap only twentyfold, others one hundredfold. I completely agree, but at the same time to say this is this is an illogical fallacy that is is made by messianics and Hebrew roots believers all the time that if a person doesn't keep kosher, they're not keeping the Torah. What part of the Torah have I not kept? What part of the Torah have you not kept? Uh, is loving your, is not loving your neighbor as yourself worse than eating bacon? You know, Yeshua says that uh, that loving your neighbor as yourself is is the the uh, you know the second greatest command, right after loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. I'm not saying that that uh, eating bacon is not an, an offense to God, and I think it's a horrible offense to God. He calls it an abomination. I, I certainly am not uh, uh, trying to diminish that. However, what I'm saying is that everyone is on their own path of of sanctification and. The idea that that uh, Sabbath observance, kosher and uh, and festivals are the greatest part of the law, and if you don't keep them, you're not saved. I don't buy that. I think that the greatest part of the law is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength, and that uh, and then loving your neighbor as yourself it comes in at a close second. and many within the christian church i have I have relatives in the Christian church who think that we are totally free from the law as they would call it. Who eat bacon all the time, and they try to do it in front of me to show that they're free. Look how free I am in Christ. I can do this, even though you think I can't. So they're not trying to be haughty towards me. They're trying to show me. They're trying to show me their freedom in Christ. I understand that. I disagree with that. And someday they will realize that that's not necessarily what the case is, right? But that doesn't mean that they're not. Are truly, you know, they've done wonderful things in bringing people to, to the Messiah, and they live very honorable lives uh, in, in many, many ways. So I, I agree that we need to be pushing Torah as God's way of sanctification. I think that we try to do that all the time. But the question is, just because we see somebody else falling in, in aspects of sanctification, where do we not see that we
2: are falling in aspects that's the, of sanctification? That's where Yeshua's instruction concerning the plank in your own eye. Exactly. He doesn't say he doesn't say that you have no valid point to make to the other person. He says, just get the plank out of your own eye first. Then you'll be able to see clearly to help the other person. And, you know, what? that's a big for me. That's I see that in how we've tried to do our Robin Caleb show. You know, we try to we try to learn, OK, how are we going to get our message? We've heard all sorts of feedback and we have to say, OK, you know, maybe we need to make some adjustments in how we do our show. You know, I can get emotional sometimes.
1: Well, a- Andrew, Andrew's trying to bring up points like, no, it's not just three or four laws. People forget about things like the Shemitah year, which is only for Israel. So no, I we haven't forgotten about it. Not only that, but how are you supposed to bring your produce fr- from the Shemitah year? You leave it fallow, right? But then what happens? This all has to do with temple service. I mean, I agree that we can practice these things. Um, you know, sending away the mother bird. Okay, granted, I agree with these things. But how often do you see a Christian uh, having to deal with sending away a mother bird so that you know the point is is that I agree with you there are, Andrew's right let's not let's not uh, diminish what Andrew's saying there are certainly more laws within the Torah that need to be kept I completely agree and especially once the temple's rebuilt I believe that we will have a temple uh, Lord willing the Messiah will be in the temple at that time and he'll be able to to inform us on these things and and the, and the believers will follow right but uh, there are more there are more uh, laws. But the, the the things that people within the Christian Church tend to get hung up on are Sabbath observance, uh, kosher laws, and festivals. And the reason why is because those are the things that have to be done now. The, the chat room is just going at it in, in, right now. This is uh, this is a good, very good conversations in the chat room, and um,
2: they are most yeah. deliberate. Andrew's right, yeah. and I think. I, awesome guys, I really appreciate and, and gals that are participating in that conversation. That's awesome. It's hard. I, I like to try to follow, and I I just think it's cool that there's multiple there's sub conversations and then there's bigger ones and I think it's great.
1: Oh, two weeks um, ago was it two weeks ago? They had a they. I mean, for like forty five minutes there was a conversation going on in the in the chat room that that was totally not on our subject. They were having their own conversation. It was great. It was, it was
2: great. Hey, okay. Two, 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 Go ahead. Are we going to shift over.
1: Yeah, let's shift. Uh should we shi-
2: What do you want to shift let's, to? Let's do something fun. Let's do gematria time. Do you have the music?
1: Oh, I don't because I well, yeah, because I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to make fun. I you know, I took Gary's advice. On the gematria, we can do gematria
2: time music. Okay. That hang, who- on. hang on. <laughs> hang on. Just Let's take a vote for the chat room.
1: This is this is what happens when you produce on on the fly. Um TR Radio. RC show. Give me just a sec here, okay. Hang on. Here we go.
2: We're in an elevator.
1: Boy, man, I don't know. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's getting
3: creepy.
2: It's getting creepy. Thirty seconds of life we can't get back.
1: Okay, Let's okay. On. Hang on. Sorry, it's too long. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I was right. I was looking for gematria I'm, I am i thought I know. Oh wait, hang on. Okay. Well, you, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about something else, and then we can maybe I'll find this. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm having a I'm having a hard time remembering what I called it, and that's the problem. Is that uh, I thought it was Rob's, and uh, I'm ha- having a hard time finding Rob's. This is uh, this is really why we should have s- somebody else produce this show. Um, besides me, we need to produce. Yeah, I know. Well, we have some that have. Uh, oh, wait. What do we have here? We have some who have offered.
0: It's Rabskamatriot. Yeah.
2: Go for it, man. Okay, this is show. Well, Caleb said this is show one fifty-seven. That's right. And I and I thought, okay, I'm going to see. So here here are some uh, Hebrew words that add up to one fifty-seven. One of my favorites is enu Yodea" or "Eno Yodea." it means he does not know, he doesn't know, chasva Halila," chasva Halila," which means, it's like chasva shalom, it's like heaven forbid, or don't say that, or may it never be, or far from it, and then there's lo nahon, untrue, Lonachon. untrue. This, Another, is, a, this, this is fitting more, for our next topic. Two more. Okay, oh, here we go Nekeva, Nekeva, which is the word for female. Zaharva Nekeva. So Nekeva adds up to 157. And my favorite, Gvina Lavana, which is cream cheese. So, so <laughs> nice. all these That's add up to 157. There you go. Eno Yodea, I don't know. Chasva Chalila, Lonachon, Nekeva, and Gvina cream cheese so you've i'm just giving you the facts you do the interpreting good 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 you connect the dots
1: okay so um uh, this is this is actually good one of the reasons that we wanted to do rob's commentary is because uh we were we now uh, before we move fully into this topic because we will skip the other topic we we were going to talk briefly about preterism preterism for those who might not know, is the view that uh, Yeshua came back in 70 A.D. And, uh, and then there's, there's uh, so many different forms of preterism. So I pulled a clip. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly next, next week. Let me just give you a spoiler here. Eschatology is not my focus of study. My focus of study is is uh Yeshua's words and Yeshua's actions in uh in first century Judaism. That's that's uh becoming my focus of study. By the way, I I've realized this too, you know, when you when you choose a thesis topic, it's not like you write the thesis and then you're done with it. It kind of like informs the rest of your study for the rest of your life. And now I can see that in my father's study. So for instance, my dad's thesis was on uh was on uh, covenant treaties in in the ancient near east in like you know so so talking about uh, deuteronomy and, and things like this as, as covenant treaties uh, and and uh, if you look at my father's work uh, he's done a lot of work now on the covenants and, and the Abrahamic
2: covenant particularly e- yeah e-
1: exactly and so and so my dad's thesis on the Abrahamic covenant has now uh, you know it's continued to come back into his uh, into his study and it has informed his entire his entire field of study uh, through, throughout the years. And uh, now I'm starting to see how this will play out because with uh, studying my topic for my thesis, uh, which hits on many different levels, but I would say predominantly is the deity of the Messiah, um, within the words of Yeshua himself, um, I have, uh, I've, I've realized that uh, there are multiple different Theses, theses, I, how, how would you say? Theses. Theses, theses that could be written uh, on various different aspects of this. Um, and so I eventually will probably have to write on many of those different things. Anyway, um, eschatology, this all came from, that was a rabbit trail. Sorry, eschatology is certainly not my my, my strong suit. I, I believe that if a teacher is teaching on Revelation, it's all speculation, um I think Revelation is a great book to read. I think I believe it certainly is part of our canon and we should we should read it and study it, but uh I I think it's just so hard to know um what what that would be saying um that it's almost impossible. Um in terms of of preterism, it is an interesting study and there's some interesting things that I've found about preterism. Hyperpreterism I think certainly does not work and there are specific reasons for that. Anyway, Stay tuned. We'll talk about that next week. Until then, we want to talk about our main topic today. Would be does how we get there matter,
2: and what I mean by that, and, and the sub, and are we even in the same place? <laughs> uh, yes, and are we it's, in the same? That's the that's like the sub the subtitle. Now I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give you the. I'll give you the end
1: at the beginning. Okay, this is my. This is my. Uh, this is my final thought that I'm going. And then I'll tell you how I got here. To me, it certainly does matter, and the reason why is because of this. And I'm sorry to pick on Zach. I'm not trying to pick on Zach Bauer.
2: <laughs> what are you looking? What are you laughing at? it? Uh, Matt just posted. Obama just pardoned Nicholas Cage for the Left Behind remake. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice. Matt, we need a meme for that. Maybe that's going around, but that's a good one. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. Matt, good one, man. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you an example, and, and, and I'm going to use uh, Zach Bauer because this. I think this is a, a – and 119 Ministries is also a – actually, maybe I should use them instead. Um, you know, always around the, the time of Christmas, Messianics and Hebrew roots uh, folks are are trying to champion the idea that, that Christmas is a pagan holiday. And that, uh, and that since it's a pagan holiday, we as believers should not be uh, celebrating it. I don't, now, I, I fully agree with that. I, f- I agree with all that, okay? Now, telling our Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord and our family members that we aren't going to celebrate Christmas is a big deal, and so people want to know why. And obviously, what do we do? We try to show that, that Christmas is a pagan holiday. Okay, so the end result of this argument is uh, God doesn't want us celebrating like the pagans. And therefore, I don't want to celebrate Christmas. This is the end result of it. Now, is how we get there matter? When we tell our relatives why we're not going to do that, does that matter if we all get to the same place? And my answer is yes. And the reason why is because if you look at someone like 119 Ministries in their Sunburned uh, series, which they're remaking, I've, I have it on good authority that they will have a new Sunburned series out Soon, because they have found flaws in, in their current one, and I once again don't think that John or any of the other guys over at 119 Ministries are maliciously trying to lead people astray and tell them lies. I don't believe that at all. But the point is, is their sunburn series has a significant, overwhelming amount of evidence that is false evidence. I don't think they're trying to lie to people, but essentially, their their video is full of false truths. It's not true. And so if I give that to someone and they take it and then they realize all this stuff that is said in this is pretty much bogus and they come back to me, then what happens? They're going to show me, no, this isn't true. And so my point is, is that yes, it does matter how we get to the conclusion. Do I agree with 119 Ministries that, that, uh, that uh, Christmas came from pagan origins. Yes, I do believe that. But I'm not going to use 119 Ministries' sunburn v- video series to show that because I think it's it's full of false truth. Non-truth, I should say. False information. Okay, so that's... So, f- so how we get there
2: matters. Yes. Okay. Because now- it's a testimony, right? But how we get there... Is a testimony? Would you say that?
1: I would say that, but I think that it also ha- it comes down to um, it comes down to hermeneutics, how we interpret things and how we interpret the Bible, and this all comes from one uh, one comment that we got on uh, from uh, someone named Carlos on our Facebook page. He says this. He says he says I get your dispute with the paleo Hebrew, but I have yet to hear you hear either of you dispute what either Eric Bissell, Frank Seekins, or Jeff Benner teach that contradicts scripture. Now, this is telling because what he wants me to do is he wants me to show where they're contradicting scripture. Using a hermeneutic is not necessarily a, you know, it's a biblical principle to be able to, to uh, handle the scriptures correctly, I believe. But the, the Bible doesn't say you're only allowed to use a historical grammatical interpretation. So this right here is a straw man argument. This is not, you know, Carlos is trying to use a, a you know, I, whether he knows it or not, he's trying to to build up a straw man that he can easily knock down. Because when I say, well, I'm not going to show you from the scriptures because this doesn't have to do with a biblical, you know, a biblical teaching, he's going to say, aha, see, I was right. You can't say that these guys are doing anything in scripture. No, I can't. But what they're doing is they're using false information, They're and
2: they're using things that are not true. It's the same with the the, the rabbis. And and in, in my, I from personal experience, you know when I first uh, was introduced to the idea of Hebrew and even what you call messianic lifestyle or whatever in the nineties, it was, you know, there was Chuck Missler on one side and then there was a guy locally who was using the Lou White materials and other people. And it was about decoding Hebrew word pictures. So Hebrew was this pictographic language. Once you had the code that Lou White had on the back of his book, you know, once you had the code, you could start in the, the Indiana Jones process of, of deciphering the true meaning of the, of the text. and then people get invested in that, and it's wrong. It's wrong-headed. It's, it's, not, it's not good stewardship of, of God's word. It's not good modeling for discipleship and for education. Um, so yeah, I would say that, that people selling products like I saw on HebrewsforChristian.com. is it Hebrew for Christians? Yeah, we'll bring that Selling up. In a second. All, the, all these products that and they're expensive. Well, let's let's. I mean, let's, they're asking a lot of money for some, and and it's all leading people to think wrongly. Let's let's ask let's ask a a, a question then. To
1: my Car- opinion to Carlos. Let's ask a question to Carlos. In the Catholic faith, they take the passage in John uh, in John that says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, I believe it's John 6, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They take this to mean that when you take communion, that is the Eucharist, uh, they, they believe that the actual wafer turns into the actual body of Christ and the, uh, the, the wine that you drink, it turns into the actual blood of Christ. And therefore, you actually have the body of Christ inside of you, and, and, uh, and not, only, not only do they believe this, but they base it on a scripture verse. Is that wrong? And if, if the answer is, yes, that's wrong, well, then why? They're using an interpretation, and according to you, if it doesn't contradict the Bible, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says the Catholics can't interpret this verse this way. And according to your your straw man logic, if it doesn't contradict the Bible, then it's a perfectly good form of interpretation, right? Right. So the Catholics should be justified in their their, uh, belief of transubstantiation within the Eucharist, according to what Carlos is saying here. So then he says to me this, he says, I challenge you to look into one teaching of Frank Seekins called Men, Women, and Fire. Now, I actually did try to go to Frank Seekins website and I did try by the way I've co- I've corresponded with uh, with mr. Seekins before so uh, I and uh, and I've asked him uh, we, I had quite a long back and forth with him he kept pointing me back to his book yeah, um, which I have right here, by the way. I also have his book. Now, I wasn't going to pay the 30, $36. Interesting that it's 36 right? I wasn't going to pay the $36 uh, for Mr. Seekin's book, or uh, for his DVD series on Men, Women, fi- and Fire, just so that I could uh, understand what uh, Carlos was trying to get me to watch. Now, if Carlos would like to send it to me, I would. I will certainly watch the whole thing. And I, I will commit to watching uh, this entire teaching if somebody wants to send it to me. But I'm certainly not going to pay $36 uh, for it. Um, uh, Mr. Seekins is, a, is a, a very kind person. He's done a lot of work in, in counseling. Uh, and and uh, has, has that's been, I think, his main focus of ministry until he wrote his book in 1996 where where he started to do word pictures. But I believe that he is still... Very much involved in uh, marriage counseling and counseling, and for that, I think he, uh, you know, uh, I think he needs to be uh, commended. That is very difficult work. I certainly would never want to do it, and uh, it sounds like he's touched a lot of people, people's lives. And uh, and not only that, but that he's well connected within the counseling the counseling realm. Uh, his book here is called Hebrew Word Pictures. There it is for people watching on the video. Um, it is spiral bound. He's uh, produced this first in in nineteen ninety six. Then he uh, I'm sorry nineteen ninety four. I apologize. Then he uh, it's, it looks like he made some revisions and uh, and uh, uh, a re edit in two thousand two. So over twenty years. He's over been over twenty years. Yes, he's, he's been, been doing teaching this. this over twenty
2: years. Um, yeah. And Which, and some of the the people the people that I first inter- were introduced to as I was coming into understanding, you know, oh, the is not done away, et cetera, had that book. So it would have been an earlier ver- earlier printing.
1: Well, and but, and not only that, but there's uh, people in the chat room who say, yeah, we bought this book when it first came out. And actually, uh, our, our programmer, uh, the guy at our programming desk, Gary Springer, who's also... Our family counseling uh, uh, a teacher at Torah Resource Institute and has his master's degree in, in uh, what is it, uh, family counseling, right? Gary, what's your, what's your master's in? Anyway, the point is is that uh, he, he actually, this was his introduction to Hebrew. Um, his first introduction to Hebrew was through uh, Frank Seekins. Um, now, Frank Seekins does go by the name Doctor, and I certainly don't want to put him down. Uh, he he does not state anywhere in any of his material where he got his degree from, nor does he uh, say who granted his degree. I did find this. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Gary's uh, master's is in Christian Ministry Counseling uh, Counseling emphasis. Um, thank you, Gary. Um. So uh, I found on El Shaddai, and El Shaddai, for those who – I have friends who go to El Shaddai. For those who don't know, El Shaddai is, is – um, um, what's his name? Blood Moon Guy. Anyway, um, Biltz, uh, Mark Biltz. It's his congregation. It's here in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, so they've had uh, Mr. Seekins come and, and uh, speak many times at their congregation. This is what they wrote about Mr. Seekins. It says, Dr. Frank Seekins has studied Hebrew word pictures for 26 years. He is the acknowledged founder of the modern study of Hebrew word pictures and was given an honorary doctorate of divinity for Hebrew word pictures and his proven ministry. Now, I don't know if this is accurate or not, and so I don't want to take this as truth. I did ask him about this when I when I uh, uh, when I emailed him. However, I I I can't find the email now. I think it's at my home computer, so I don't want to uh, speak out of turn on this either. Um, So I'm not sure if they're saying that his uh, that his honorary doctorate of divinity was given for his proven ministry, which would make sense in counseling. But I don't know if they they attach this Hebrew in word for Hebrew word pictures in his proven ministry. His proven ministry to me is, is is family counseling. And for this, he he certainly deserves recognition. Um, so I don't want to put him down for that. And I don't want to, you know, I, I don't know who gave him the honorary doctorate, so I certainly don't want to put him down for that. However, uh, one of the things that... Was
2: but usually po- people who have an honorary doctorate don't put doctor on everything they publish. I mean, you, you know, usually... You know, that's, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, why put the doctor on there? And unless you want to be perceived a certain way. Okay. It's not an, it's, it, it's the fact that it's honorary means it's not an earned degree. You know, it's not like a, it's not like a doctorate. you can go, you, you can't set out and say, I'm going to get an honorary doctorate as a goal. Well, unless you're, unless you've got clout and it's all political anyway. But you can't. a Person can't set out with a goal to get an honorary doctorate.
1: Oh, okay, I agree with you. But let's. So it's not. Let's, this let's, is not
2: a title of achievement. Okay, but let's. This let's, is
1: not a title hey, of achievement. Oh, oh wait, wait, hey, 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 hang on, just a sec though. Let's let's actually.
2: G- or of g- academic rigor. Or... Let's give
1: him more credit though. Let's give him more credit than than maybe you might want to. But let's say that Doctor Seagans was given an honorary doctorate for his work in his proven ministry of. Family counseling, which means he's put no, in a lot that's of work.
2: Not what it that's not what it says. Well,
1: I agree, but that, but that's what that's what El Shaddai says, and who knows? No, they say in Hebrew word pictures. Yeah, but but who says
2: that El Shaddai's got it right? And they got the blood moons thing wrong. When I emailed him directly, I said, where did you get your degree? What, what was your dissertation? Who was on your committee? I asked him just a couple questions like that. He didn't have time, but he sent me a couple really long emails back, but he never had time to answer my question. Okay, and he I, said, "I'm not even really a scholar; I'm a counselor." He did say that. Okay,
1: okay, and this is my point. Hang on. Okay, so let's 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 put the honorary doctorate just over here in the in the realm. Here's of- the thing: usually,
2: if someone asks me where I studied Hebrew, I'm excited. I'll tell them who who my teachers were, what my favorite classes were, what the challenges were. You know what I mean? I'm have I'll, but then there's people that you ask them, and and it's deflection, 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 deflection. That's a, that's a flag to me, just well, saying.
1: The, well, I, I asked him if he had ever had any formal training in Hebrew. He said no, that he had read a lot of books and whatnot, which is, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he, so he's self-trained. But let's pretend for a few seconds. Let's, let's play a little pretending. Let's pretend that, that, uh, that Frank has his, his honorary doctorate in family counseling. This does not – if this is the case, and let's pretend for a second that it does, this does not inform him at all on Hebrew – or Hebrew word pictures. Just because you're a counselor doesn't mean you have any knowledge of Hebrew whatsoever. So the idea that Mr. Seekins has been, uh, has been uh, uh, good at, at counseling and has made a, uh, you know, strides in, in, in helping families means nothing to what he says in this book. And this is interesting, actually. On that uh, Hebrew for Christians, which is a I- very interesting site, I use the word interesting, interesting site with quote marks. Uh, there's a testimonial here for uh, Mr. Seekin's book. The Seek- uh, th- This is from John Trent, Ph.D. John Trent is a. He's the real deal. He's he uh, he got his Ph.D. I believe from was it his undergrad that he got from uh, from Dallas Theological Seminary or is it was a Ph.D. Anyway, his. He's the real deal, a very good uh, counselor, and uh, has his doctrine, I believe, in that. Uh, he says, uh, every every so often something comes along that can help move your spiritual life into high gear. I'm convinced that Frank Seekin's concept of Hebrew word pictures is such a concept. With so many books and conferences, uh, uh, well, it's, yeah, conferences about biblical principles, this one can help you better understand and love God's word itself. As someone who has studied word pictures for years, seeing them come alive in the very letters of Scripture is like adding color to a classic movie. I highly recommend it for anyone interested in gaining a deeper love and understanding of the Scriptures. Well, the problem is is that uh, uh, Dr. Trent, uh, is he, he hasn't studied in in Hebrew. This is not his field of study. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not sure why this... This, once again, doesn't speak to Mr. Seekins and his ability to uh, to interpret anything when it comes to Hebrew. Um, so I did look for this teaching on man, woman, uh, fire. I didn't find it, but I did find a, a teaser that he made for it. I cleaned the audio up a little bit for this, so if you go to the link, you'll notice that the audio is is quite a bit different. I cleaned it up so we could try to actually understand him a little bit better um but i did not edit this this is uh exactly what he has put up here and let's see now i i'll start by by making a a a conclusion okay my conclusion is this and tell me if you would agree with this rob my conclusion is that uh that a marriage that is centered on god uh and has god at the center whether the people are believers or not Okay, so and what I mean by that is, even if believers are married, but God isn't the center of their relationship, the marriage that has God at the center is going to be uh, perhaps easier, more fruitful. Uh, It's it's certainly going to uh, take some of the some of the hardship out of the out of the uh, out of the marriage relationship that might otherwise be there. Would you agree with that?
2: Yep, I would Uh, agree with that.
1: Okay, so so that's the conclusion, Uh, Mr. Seekins. tries to get there too through this uh, little teaser. Let's hear how he gets to the same kind of conclusion. I don't think it's actually the same conclusion, but let's listen to what he has to say about it.
0: So one of the things that we've learned, that I've learned over the decades, is there are biblical precepts of how to build a stronger, deeper, more powerful relationship in life. And here's one that I love. If we take the Hebrew word, for man and woman, ish, isha, and we look at them. The Aleph and the sheen, the aleph and the sheen, are identical.
1: Okay, I want to stop real quick. This is very visual for those who might not know Hebrew or, or uh, can't understand what he's saying. Ish and isha are the the uh, words for man and woman in, in Hebrew. Uh, there's th- they're each three letters, and uh, and both words have two identical letters in them and then they each have one letter that is not the same. Okay. So this is what he's trying to highlight and this isn't even on Hebrew word pictures, by the way, mind you, this is, this is different.
0: Two out of three things say that we are alike and two thirds. is about right. We are a lot alike, but there's some things that are distinctly different. And one of those is that if we take the differences between man and woman, husband and wife, and we combine them into one word, you see something in Hebrew. You spell the word yud Hey yah as in Hallelujah. This is God's name. And the ancient Jewish teachings tell us that if we have a marriage done right, that God's presence, His Shekinah, His glory, dwells there, making it equal in Jewish teaching, To the holy of holies. But if we remove God's name, we have Esh fire and Esh fire twice. We have the fire of fires, the most destructive fire there is. We have two choices, God's presence dwelling in the midst of us, revealing his glory, or the most destructive fire there is.
1: Okay, so this is yeah Asher Shekinah um, th- th- this is uh, this is an interesting way to get spoken to, uh... by a true
2: Hebrew speaker Shekinah
1: <laughs> yes uh, th- this is yeah. this is a interesting Not. way to get get here. There's several things that uh, Now, my father, when he heard this uh, the first thing he pointed out was that many times within within the Hebrew scriptures, fire is seen as something that purifies. it's a good thing. It's a refining fire, right? And what is God called? God himself is called our God is a consuming a fire
2: consuming fire
1: Hebrews twelve twenty nine right Ish. yeah so first of all this the, his his i understand that he's trying to make an analogy, but i i mean i don't understand why why this is how you 're going to get there because it's certainly not the case. this is not. I mean, it's it's nice to try to do little plays on stuff, okay? But how how is this furthering? And and is it? What do you think, Rob? Is this a good way to get to this conclusion?
2: No. Why? Well, just because it's it's midrashic. It's t- it's taking. It's using what the rabbis would use as midrash, as not they've bi- they've short circuited, <laughs> uh, yeah they've 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 short circuited actual interpreting scripture and made it look as if the Hebrew language is a chemistry set or the Hebrew alphabet is a chemistry set. And this is what the medieval Kabbalists were doing, exactly. And they were mix, you know they, they were all about uh, letter permutations and rearranging letters to try to achieve meditative, you know, uh, expanded consciousness and what they called Holy Spirit and stuff like this. Um, reincarnation and just weird stuff. But this is yeah. the exact point. And this is mm-hmm. this is yeah, and Peter, you're right, yeah. Shekhinah, we talked about this maybe a couple of weeks ago. Shekhinah is, is a later term. It's not used in the, the actual scripture. Um, lishon, the verb, Lishon is used to dwell, of course. Shochen Tehilot Yisrael, like it says in Psalm 84, he inhabits, I think, oh no, that's is that Yoshev or is that Shochen? I don't remember. Yoshev Tehilot. Someone can look it up. But but we do have Shachan, the root the is used in Scripture, of course, but this Shekinah as a feminine aspect of God that um, goes with Israel in in her exile, and then it gets into Kabbalah of of how you need the masculine to ferret to to basically mate and become one with Shekinah, the people. In the medieval times, it, it goes crazy. So whenever I hear a pastor say Shekinah, I realize that they've they they read it in English first of all they they're reading it in English and then they just assume all the stuff that comes with it that this must be a biblical concept so um, uh, Doctor Seekins is obviously uh, missing that nuance continue
1: well, okay so so my my biggest point here is and and I think that Carlos is making the point that. How is this wrong? It's not wrong. He's, he's trying to make a biblical point that if you take God out of your marriage, it's—, it's well. So how does how we get there matter? And, and this is my point, point. and you, you just hit the nail right on the head. The reason that this is so wrong is because what it does is it allows people to interpret Scripture however they want. If I can interpret Scripture this way, guess what? I can make the, the Scripture say all sorts of things that are not biblical precepts and this can clearly be seen through the rib- rabbinic literature of the 12th and 13th century all the way up until our 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 present day
2: right we have I, I like philip just made a good point he said it produces a mystery where ordinary believers need the quote special people to teach them and then you ran up then then you get the code and then that's why we have this guy says the word picture for shalom means this this guy says it means that and, like, everybody, oh, but, you know, everybody has their own interpretation because the Holy Spirit is guiding all meaning. And it's just, like, wow. Look, we, we,
1: we saw the, the rabbis take the idea of being able to interpret each word and, and each thing is this and each thing is that. And there's numerical value to everything. They took this. They ran with it. And what did they do? They created an, entire, an entirely new religion. Hasidic Judaism is based on mysticism and being able to transcend this world, out of body experiences, uh, reincarnation, become becoming mm-hmm. perfect, and and reaching the status of zedekah or or I'm um, sorry, not zedekah, uh, 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 being a Tzadik, right? And and these things go contrary to scripture, clearly contrary to scripture. And they spit in the face of the Messiah Yeshua. In it all
2: it it's the, but it's all that's left. When you when you're in a situation where you want to hold on to the Torah and you've denied the incarnation of God, you've denied Yotivave in the flesh, in Messiah Yeshua, and the gospel message and its implications for the world, if if that is not an option for you, all that's left is inventing something else, is inventing meaning and find more and more. Ever more clever ways of tying some sort of religious uh, piety or worldview or practice into the text of scripture, but you, um, that's, that's the way I see it. P-
1: Peter says that uh, Hasidic mysticism is very similar to evangelical Christian manifesting gifts of the Spirit. Um, I, I would I would uh, direct anyone uh, who who would like to read more about this. Uh, To my paper on uh, uh, Hasidic Judaism, the the, uh, rise of of Hasidic Judaism within America. I, I think I changed the title of that paper. Anyway, I'll I'll get the title of the paper. Uh, people can read it. I I discuss how Christianity and and Judaism essentially go along the same lines within history. Right when you have the rise of of Hasidic Judaism in the seventeen hundreds, at the exact same time you have the Christians coming along with uh, the idea of of the Quakers is is right around that time, and uh, both groups at the exact same time, essentially in history, said those who are trying to get education in the stuffy classrooms and come close to god through study and these kind of things they're out of it, and the Christian Church is saying, "Oh, these people in seminaries—they don't know what they're talking about." Both groups said, "What matters is the experience. You can experience God, right? And if we experience God, then we come closer to Him. And you don't need any any education for this. You can do it on your own. And the the Hasid's did it through uh, through trances and and going to different levels, and the Christians did it through uh, these these." Uh, <laughs> uh revivals where they would shake and they would talk in in tongues and all these kind of things and this uh the quakers eventually did turn into what is known as charismatic Christianity, now there are some Bible-believing great charismatics and even some good scholars within the charismatic movement. And Messianic Judaism and Hebrew roots has been birthed out of the the charismatic movement, which is one reason that we have such a huge pushback against formal education within the Messianic and Hebrew roots movements is because they would not want to – because it's about how you experience God, right? It's not about – Uh, You know, it's not about the classroom or or learning scholarly things. Those are for, you know, those are for people who don't get it. Um, Anyway, the point is, is that the way that we get there certainly does matter. Who's to say that the Hasids are wrong if they're interpreting Scripture the same way that you are, which is through Hebrew word pictures and through, uh, through numerical values and these things, who's to say that they're wrong? Why, how can you say that they're wrong and you're right if you're using the exact same form of interpretation? Anyway, anything else?
2: I'm just interacting with someone on the forum here. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I agree. I think you and I, Caleb, were chatting the other day and about this. Or was it me and someone else? But the idea is like, well, sure, we need the Bible, but I don't need to really read it. <laughs> like, in other words, where, at what point does the scripture become like a core piece, right? You know, I, I remember I was talking with a friend about the, you know, our supply-demand curve, right? They talk about cost of something is determined, and you have the the supply and the demand, well, as, as supply increases, what happens to demand? Demand goes down, 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 down. And we're in a situation now where everybody has Bibles, right? Everybody has Bibles. There's a huge supply of Bibles. Even if you have no money, you, anywhere in America, you can ask somebody and they'll get you a Bible. You mm-hmm. know, someone, someone will give you a Bible. You could probably ask around and you'd end up with multiple Bibles for free. High supply, but what's the demand for Bibles? The demand. If you want to buy a Bible, you can get it for cheap or free. If you want a Bible with commentary, you're going to pay for it, right? You're going to end up paying. All the latest commentaries and stuff are expensive. Why? Because what's in demand is someone to interpret it, right? So there's greater demand. And this this is just looking at the market. Look at the marketplace. Bibles are everywhere you can get all sorts of bibles that have almost no commentary maybe maybe parallel references in the margins or whatever for low cost why because they're everywhere but the demand for specific commentary now you start it becomes more and more uh let the supply comes down and demand goes up and cost goes up then because the demand is higher and so i think people should look where am i on this curve do, am i am i in a situation where my demand forces me to actually it costs me money does my demand for god's word cost me money mm-hmm. or does my or is it do i just take for granted that it's everywhere and i don't read it and i don't really have a demand for it yeah that's a real question that people need to be confronted with you know the e-sword is nice cuz it's free right again supply everywhere but then what do we end up with Strong's numbers, Hebrew word pictures, um, all this stuff by people, frankly, in my view, probably haven't spent very much money in their demand to understand God's word. That's yeah. my opinion.
1: Well, you know, the people back in the day, they paid they paid for their Bibles with their lives, blood in their lives. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, okay, well, uh, I, I, hope that that, uh, I hope that informs people a little bit on where we stand, even if you don't agree with us. Um, you know, I, I believe that how we get there truly does matter. And a good hermeneutic is what, uh, is what can really help us uh, understand the Bible correctly, not some secret key that you have to find out. Somebody's asking about Jonathan Cahn in the... Uh, in oh, the... he's going to be at the inaugural breakfast? Yes. Um oh, well I, I will us. admit the the one thing the one thing that Jonathan Kahn has done that I I give him kudos for is when he did the the uh the prayer and the and the uh his little speech at uh at Capitol at at the Capitol uh for Obama and uh, I, I I give him I give him credit for that. However, uh, his new book uh Jonathan Kahn has has a track record of of uh, junk scholarship uh kind and of sensationalism sensationalism and falsehood, right? His whole idea of the Shemitah year and the, it, that it was all coming crashing down uh, last year, it simply didn't happen. Um, so his book is certainly suspect, and anybody who says that he has 365 mysteries that he's unlocking in one book, uh, I don't buy it. Anyway, uh, for those who would like to uh, take a look at the the uh, paper that I wrote that I referenced earlier, it's called Comrade or Counterfeit Hasidic Judaism versus Messianic Faith. I presented this at the 2014... Uh, 2015, I'm sorry, 2015 uh, UMJA conference.
2: Uh, It was, uh, there was mixed reviews. (laughs) you, You also did a presentation in the Philippines in 2015 or 2016. 16. 2016,
1: I, I, yeah, it was based off this And you touched on some of the same. Yes, that's absolutely true. correct. All right, so uh, if you have any uh, any comments or questions about what we've said or if you think that we're wrong or you would like to uh, just yell at us for any reason or just tell us that you love the show, you can do so. Call us at 253-465-3205. It is an answering machine, so you will not actually be talking to us which actually should relieve some people because, you know, there's no confrontation. You can just yell at us all you want. Uh, so I'll give it to you again, 253-465-3205 is that number. And, of course, uh, yeah, we would like to give a huge shout-out to uh, Yeshua Shirts. Start a conversation today. Get your Yeshua Shirts Wear At YeshuaShirts.com. And uh, tell people about your faith, man. I've, I've talked to numerous people about people always say to me, what does that mean? What does that say? What is that? One guy asked me just the other day, are you Jewish? I said, no, I wasn't born Jewish. He said, why did you give up on Jesus? And I was wearing my Yeshua shirt uh, hoodie and I said, this means Jesus right here. And so then that started a whole conversation. There you go, cool. There there you go. Um, Next week, hopefully we'll be touching on preterism. So come on back and listen to that. Until then, we believe that it does matter. And why does it matter? Because we want to interpret the scriptures right so that we can glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah.